You're listening to the Photo Up Podcast, where we're covering photography, marketing, and business from all sides of the industry. I'm your host, New York wedding photographer, marketer, and resident sleepy person, Megan Brookelman. Welcome back to the Photo Op Podcast. Today, we are chatting with Kirsten and Maria Palladino, co-founders of Equally Wed, which is the world's leading wedding and honeymoon resource for gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender, queer, and allied couples. These two have created an incredible platform offering inspiration and advice for both marrying couples and wedding vendors, including a published book, daily web content, the Equally Wed vendor directory, and the Equally Wed certification training. So welcome, Kirsten and Maria. Thank you for having us. Welcome. Hello. (laughs) Thank you so much. Uh, So tell us a little bit about you two. How did you meet? Okay. Do you want to tell that story? Oh, oh gosh, it's always, it's, it's so long ago. Now I'm starting to forget. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, we had, uh, so we met back in 2003. Mm-hmm. Um, we had some mutual friends and we kind of were, you know, out and about young kids, um, you know, doing different events around Atlanta and, and just, you know, going, hanging out at restaurants and bars and had some of our same mutual friends in about 2003. Mm-hmm. And then 2004, I guess it was early 2004, right? Yes. Then we start. Yeah, we um we kind of. I, this is the part where I always kind of get jumbled up. You tell it so much better. So. Oh well, yeah. In 2004, what Maria um is glossing over is that um <laughs> I, uh, I I caught her eye over at at a bar and um I really wanted to ask her out and I asked her, um, multiple people if she was single and they lied to me and said she was and so I am which I basically <laughs> she was <laughs> what? she was a total, total player no I was not um, not at all she says that but I was not at yeah. all I was just I was single for the first time in a while and just talking to people and she <laughs> says that I was not yeah with. I would never have asked her out if I knew that I was going to have some competition but I did ask her out and we um and we've been, that was February or January of 2003. And uh, we've been together ever since. Yeah, 2004. And then, yeah, we started dating uh, February, March um, 2004. And then 2008, Eight. <laughs> right? Yeah. That was a leap year. Yeah. So 2008 was a leap year. Um, and Kirsten was going to turn 30 on March 1st, 2008. And so I did a surprise trip to New York um, and, uh, on, on leap day, um, proposed, um, in central park. And then we got married 18 months later uh-huh, in 2009. Yeah. 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 So oh my gosh, we, that is, that is okay. so sweet. How did you, how did you propose? Um, I had, so I got very excited about it. I, I didn't, um, like grow up thinking I was going to propose to a woman or anything, but I, I knew once I was ready, um, that I wanted to really plan. I am a planner too, I guess, um, kind of want to think things out and do things properly. So I had taken many months to go ring shopping and figure out what was, it did a bunch of research on romantic places to propose, but I'm also not an extremely public person. So I didn't want to be, you know, in the middle of Times Square with a lot of hoopla with a bunch of people staring at us. So, um, I had, you know, gotten the ring and had it for several months beforehand and then knew I could disguise, um, uh, a proposal trip wrapped around Kirsten's birthday. And we used to go to New York, um, you know, from Atlanta every six months to a year, just for a few days. It was kind of our fun spot to head up to. So, yeah, so I kind of, kind of lied and said, we're going to go up to New York for, you know, your birthday um, and kind of hid the ring and just was like, I might have a birthday present in my bag. So don't check anything. Um, And we 
uh, I guess we just, I decided let's head out. We're going to go over to Central Park. Um, we grabbed some pizza beforehand, right? Was something it, like yeah, that. Something like definitely Italian. Yeah. As we walked up. And then um, I didn't have an exact spot planned. Um, I kind of was just like, let's just go walking through Central Park. It was a chilly day. Um, there was snow, right? There was snow. It snow was on the ground. Yeah, it yeah. was it was cold. Um, and it was just kind of one of those things where I didn't, I didn't know Central Park all that well then. I didn't know all the exact locations. Uh, but we kind of just meandered around and found the Chess and Checkers building where nobody was there. I think it might have even been closed or maybe there was a couple of workers inside. And it was really kind of a cool just overlooking, um, you know, all the kind of snow covered grass um, and a little area where we buy these kind of chess, chess checkers kind of tables. Mm-hmm. Um, I just sat down and kind of had, I had a little bit of something prepared that I wanted to say. I probably stumbled over it and <laughs> messed it up, but um, just kind of, you know, said some stuff and then asked her to marry me. And and then we enjoyed the rest of the day all bundled up as little Eskimos. Um, and Kirsten kept one one glove off because she was excited <laughs> about having a ring um, the rest of the time that we were there. Yeah. So what my one hand was freezing, but I didn't want to stop staring at my ring. So it was it was kind of crazy, but it was it was a really fun and sweet and special day. That is so sweet. I love it. What a great story. Um, And now you two have been together, obviously, a long time, and you've made Equally Wed. So tell us what is Equally Wed? Sure. So Equally Wed is an LGBTQ plus wedding resource. It's online. It's a it's an online magazine. It's, um, as you said earlier, and it's also a book. We started Equally Wed because when Maria proposed to me, when we got back to Atlanta, immediately, like many brides-to-be, you know, I I ran to, especially in 2008, I went to the bookstore rather than going online first. Uh, But I, you know, was going through magazines and wedding books, and I was really surprised to find that there was a complete lack of representation of LGBTQ plus couples in all forms of wedding media and then online as well. I really didn't find uh, many things that spoke to me and Maria, people who look like us who were getting married. And that was really, it was shocking and and heartbreaking, to be honest. I, I took it really personally that people didn't want to show, it seemed like people didn't want to show people who look like us getting married and people were already getting married you know, in some states in the, in the country. So it, I, I was just really surprised. And as we continue to plan our wedding, we ran into uh, the difficulty of hiring wedding vendors who wanted to work with people who look like us, you know, same sex couples or LGBTQ plus couples. And that was also quite devastating. And what we decided to do was when we, we knew planning a wedding is a full-time job in addition to the full-time jobs we already had. So we knew that once we got married, then we wanted to take the time to build something for our community that they didn't have, like we didn't have. So we built um, from the ground up an LGBTQ plus wedding magazine online. That's where we launched Equally Wed in March, 2010. So we're coming up on 10 years now. Wow. Congratulations. Almost a decade. Thank you. And that's, that's an amazing story. And I love that this is such a personal business for you. Uh, I have to ask, what is it like working with each other as partners, like on a, on your married front and your business front, like building a business from the ground up? I think we, we both know each other's strengths and weaknesses. And, (laughs) and so, uh, you know, we definitely, you know, hold up 
our um, different parts of the business, you know, knowing that, you know, Maria's or Maria's got an amazing brain because she had her left side and her right side are both equally strong. I cannot say the same about myself. Um, so she's really analytical and can, you know, handle all of our, um, our tech issues, but also is our creative director. And so there are just things that I know she does so much better and, and then, she's responsible for those things. And then for me, you know, being over the editorial component, um, and the marketing, it's, uh, it just, it makes sense for me to carry those. So we, we just know when, now we've been together 15 years, we know our, um, who, who does what better. And, and we kind of stick to our corners that way. Uh, we do work in the same office and that can get, uh, um, entertaining sometimes, <laughs> uh, to put it mildly, because, you know, she's like, Oh, you know, why are you making that noise? And, and I'm like, well, why are you pounding on your computer? Are you angry over there? You know, uh, but we put our headphones in and just do our best to focus on, on what we've got to do. Uh, but we, you know, we also just get along really well. We, you know, we have our morning coffee together after we take the kids to school. We usually go to lunch together. I, I mean, we spend a lot of time together, so we must, we must pretty. I mean, it, yeah, yeah, it works somehow because I think a lot of people, a lot of people say just in general, they would not be able to work together and work, work in the same office, mm-hmm. um, and spend the amount of time. And, and I mean, we've had moments where we're like, oh, maybe we'll separate. We've separated our offices in our house. We've done different things. We thought about office, you know, different office spaces and stuff. But, um, you know, it always comes back to just working. Mm-hmm. And so it's not, you know, we're not, we're never really too frustrated with each other. And we have really fun brainstorming sessions together. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, it's worked and it continues to work. So um, pretty fortunate that way. Well, that's amazing. I photograph weddings with my husband and I totally get you. Sometimes it's like um, kind of a juggling act working with your partner on a business. Um, (laughs) But as long as you balance each other out, that's kind of what matters. Right. Uh, right. Yeah. So you have a published book. Tell us a little bit about that. Sure. So I, um, the book came out in May, 2017. It's with Seal Press, who's owned by Perseus. And so it's one of the larger publishers in the United States. And uh, it was really exciting to get this book deal because we are, you know, a niche. We're an underrepresented niche and a highly targeted market. I was not, I had not seen any books that covered the entire uh, spectrum of the LGBTQ plus community and none that were written in a gender neutral style. It was Still, the same-sex wedding books that existed already are wonderful, uh, but uh, they were very, still very heteronormative. You know, two brides, two grooms, and I really wanted to bring something that spoke to everybody uh, in our community. And I found a literary agent who was interested in representing me, and uh, was able to get a book deal uh, for that exact topic. And so, pretty exciting. That definitely is. Thank you. So it really, uh, you know, it it covers everything from I will to I do uh, in terms of planning an LGBTQ plus wedding to dealing with homophobia and transphobia with wedding vendors and with the family, planning your honeymoon to make sure that you're going somewhere that is safe for the couple. You know, there's still plenty of places in the world where you can be arrested for holding your partner's hand on the street. 
and it, you know, dangerous places that might sound lovely to other people like Morocco, but you wouldn't want to go there, you know, if you're part of the LGBTQ plus community, because you could, you could really, you know, literally be jailed. And then in other areas you could, um, you know, be stoned. So it's, or, or whipped in public. It, it's, uh, it's really frightening to travel as an LGBTQ plus person uh, in parts of the world. So we, we address all of those things while also addressing all of the celebratory things as well, you know, planning, um, your engagement party, uh, you know, talking about double proposals, which are really unique to our community and things like that. Well, that is incredible. I do want to get specific for photographers now mm-hmm. who are looking to appeal to an LGBTQ plus client base. What are some common mistakes you see photographers making in their business when they're trying to work with LGBTQ plus clients? Sure. Well, initially, it's always with the marketing, uh, you know, if you are only showing heterosexual couples in your in your portfolio, in your Instagram feed, then those those are the people who are going to feel like they're your ideal client. So, if you're interested in attracting LGBTQ plus couples or people of color, people of different abilities, people with different sized bodies, it's important to show all of those things in your portfolio, and you can get that that material through styled shoots, you know, always using real LGBTQ plus people, of course, in your styled shoots and teaming up with local equality organizations or finding like-minded vendors to work with on such a styled shoot through Instagram or just talking to different people in your community, really putting it out there that you want to diversify your portfolio and and being careful not to tokenize while you do it. Uh, And always, I think it's important to lead from your heart when you are reaching out to LGBTQ plus people for your portfolio or, or anyone else in a minority community talking about you're not just building up your portfolio for um, to make your business look better, but because you want to make sure that everybody feels safe and welcome in your business. When another mistake that we see happening is thinking of your couples or uh, the people who are you're taking pictures of in gender specific ways. So a lot of wedding photographers who I've spoken to over the years tend to have been taught to pose people according to their gender. Like, you know, you've got your big strapping man, the groom, and he's going to be the anchor. And then you're going to pose the, you know, petite, pretty woman around him and, and make sure that he's supporting her. But if you are talking about LGBTQ plus people, it's important to not, um, not put them in gendered roles, but instead suggest poses that you'd like them to take and then have them assume where they're going to go. You know, like, okay, I need somebody to do this. I need somebody to do this. You guys figure out who's the best fit to do what and, and let them show you kind of like what their natural um, inclination is. So you mentioned tokenization. Can you talk a little bit about what this means and how photographers can avoid it? Sure. Well, so I think, you know, we all have these different worldviews. We're we're brought up with different ideas about people who are different from us. And, you know, it's not necessarily that we have um, we're with negative views of people who are different from us, but we, we just, when we're, when we're brought up, we, we hear, a variety of things, you know, whether it's from our parents or from, um, you know, the schools, uh, TV, magazines, you know, the whole world is telling us what to think about a variety of different people. And so we can 
inadvertently think in stereotypes for uh, you know different communities, and it's important to try to avoid that, uh, as well as tokenizing in terms of, you know, I know for like photo shoots, uh, people who are maybe reaching out to get more people of color, and then or getting LGBTQ plus people, and then realizing that the models that they've called are not necessarily, they they might think, oh, you don't look black enough, or you don't look gay enough, or, you know, um, different, uh, these are, these are real examples I've heard just in the last year, where just accepting people for who they are is more important, and letting, you know, if, if somebody identifies as LGBTQ+, however they look, however they show up for your photo shoot, um, you know, don't try to like, oh, I'm going to put a suit on you if that's not naturally, you know, something that they're inclined to wear. Making sure that they are al- allowed to lead with their personality uh, instead of trying to doctor them up to make them look more of what you you are trying to convey. Does that make sense? For sure. Um, I'm trying to think of how photographers can best market themselves to more LGBTQ clients without trying to over market, trying to over like tokenize Mm -hmm. while at the same time trying to appeal to those couples. Can you talk about kind of that balance? Sure. Well, I think it's what, what matters the most is being authentic. You know, if you're running a heart-centered business and leading with love and you are saying I'm LGBTQ plus inclusive or if you know if you've gone to Equally Web Pro and taken our LGBTQ plus inclusive certification course, you know, you get a badge and it's it's important to say that you're LGBTQ plus inclusive in your social media and your marketing. It's not it's not bragging, it's not tokenizing, it's letting people know that you are a safe and welcoming space and it's it's welcomed. It's um, appreciated. It's not just appreciated by LGBTQ plus people, but it's appreciated by all of our allies and millennials and Gen Z people are looking for inclusive vendors. And and if we're not seeing those things, and I'm, when I say we, I'm not putting myself in Gen Z or millennial <laughs> at all, <laughs> just side note. Um, but, you know, but, uh, but our community and our allies, we are, when we see those things, um, it makes us uh, stop and realize, oh, this is someone who who gets me or who um, who has the same uh, ideologies as me and, and believes that everybody deserves, you know, to the right to marriage or um, that love is love. When th- the tokenizing comes in where it's like, oh, my gosh, look, I've got I've got a, a LGBTQ plus couple, you know, on my Instagram and. Um, and just like calling attention to it in a way of like, oh my gosh, aren't I great? Because I have this in my portfolio now. Look at me, look at me, and making it all about um, getting you know badges for your allyship versus look at this beautiful couple. And I'm going to say it, just how beautiful they are, as just as I said it in my last post about a straight couple and treating them equally and with respect. Uh, and, and then, you know, using hashtags that go along with it, you know, for discoverability, like LGBTQ plus wedding, or I wouldn't put the plus in the hashtag, actually, hashtag LGBTQ wedding or hashtag love is love, things like that, that are 
um, inviting more followers from the community and, you know, like-minded allies versus just, you know, out there with the, you know, pom-poms and, and saying, and, you know, congratulating yourself basically. Yeah. I think a lot of people, um, what we've, I, I feel like marketing is done best when done mildly and consistently in a sense across the board, I think even for products and services. And I think with marketing to the LGBTQ community, it's a matter of just keeping it integrated like any other minority that you might include in your marketing, your digital marketing. Um, having the, the vendors that I've seen, um, some that are a part of Equally Wed, that are most impressive to me are that they just across the board are including so many different uh, variety of couples all the time. Um, and there's no, it's not, Oh, there's the, there's the gay one that, and then I'll see that in six months from now. Cause maybe they do another wedding at that venue. I'm just seeing them often. Um, and if you're posting daily or even multiple times a day to something like Instagram with photos, there's a way to bring in the good handful of different minority couples, um, uh, along with your heterosexual couples, um, you know, often. And, and just featuring it like any other, you know, one that you may have. And so I think that a lot of times also when we've talked about this again through Pride Month is that you'll see kind of crickets from some people. Um, and maybe it's because they're not doing any LGBT weddings, but I think it's still important to try to keep a very broad mind open throughout the whole year, even when you don't have one. Um, but did not just do it in Pride Month, not just do a big thing. And I'm donating 10% to the shoot to this or this, or I'm going to do a style shoot of an LGBTQ couple in June to celebrate Pride Month. We want to see it separate of that. And I think that's starting to get bigger and bigger that LGBTQ people are noticing where their dollars are going. Uh, we always have been, but they're saying, hey, why are, am I just seeing this promotion in June? Celebrate me in September. Um, so I know that throughout the rest of the year, I could put my money there. And I think that's the same for wedding vendors is just to know that just cover us all the same and, and do it um, sprinkled in with all you know, the, the others throughout the year, always. Absolutely. And you mentioned Pride Month marketing. Can you talk a little bit about that and how to be strategic without being, you know, like we were saying, inauthentic? I think it's really important to, you know, to if it's if it's in your heart to go all out for Pride Month, go all out for Pride Month. But, you know, like Maria said, be mindful to include LGBTQ couples throughout the year as well. But, you know, we during Pride Month, we are incredibly excited to um, celebrate ourselves and and to see our allies who are excited to celebrate us as well. You know, one thing, you know, there's a big difference between people who are tolerant of us versus people who really want to celebrate the LGBTQ plus community. And we are looking for uh, our allies to speak up and speak out and not just say, you know, oh my gosh, here's a, you know, a beautiful couple who's part of the LGBTQ plus community, but, you know, get, get a little bit more, um, you know, intimate with your, your post caption about why pride is important to you, what it means to you when you see an LGBTQ plus couple tying the knot and how emotional it is, you know, that when, at the LGBTQ, LGBTQ plus wedding that you were able to photograph or attend because this journey has been, um, you know, so far coming in terms of, of, of achieving federal marriage equality in 2015 and watching it state by state unfold and, and 
watching people fight for the right to marry the person that they love. Those are, you know, all important points to make when you're speaking out for out, you know, for the LGBTQ plus community to talk about things that are still happening, you know, without this federal um, equality law that we're fighting for. We still have 26 states in this country where you can be fired or kicked out of your housing just for being LGBTQ plus. And we're not we don't have um, complete federal protections as a, a minority group. And when you are paying attention to that and speaking out for us, then that matters a great deal. It's not tokenizing it, it all, at all. And I want to circle back to creating community because you mentioned a little bit about welcoming people in and creating a community with like-minded allies and vendors. Can you talk about how to cultivate a community who's LGBTQ friendly? Absolutely. I think, you know, if, if you know no one in your city who works with LGBTQ plus couples, a great place to start is Instagram. If you know a person um, who who has you know the similar values that you do, then you can you know put it out to them. I'm interested in working with more LGBTQ plus people, and I'm interested in building my community of wedding pros who are LGBTQ plus inclusive, and start you know growing from there. Saying I want to work on more uh, LGBTQ plus weddings. I I want more clients in the community, and teaming up on whether it's style shoots or second shooters, whatever you need to do to grow that, then, you know, we have a Facebook group. Um, it's facebook.com equally wed pro where we have a, a private group for LGBTQ plus inclusive vendors that are, um, you know, talking about important things for the community, but how to better serve them. So you can meet people in your area. Uh, you can, um, also come to equally and, and go through our certification course and grow our, you know, your community that way, because then we have another private Facebook group just for our graduates on Instagram. If you start looking at the hashtags for your city and hashtags for LGBTQ wedding, uh, L LGBTQ or LGBT wedding, that's another hashtag that can help you find um, people uh, who are getting married in the community. But then also looking for LGBT or LGBTQ and then your city and looking for things that are hashtags that are, are coming together on a, you know, photos to show LGBTQ plus couples getting married in that city that you are in. And then looking at the vendors that are there. And you can also go to equallywed.com. We've been publishing real weddings um, around the world for 10 years. So looking for vendors who have worked on LGBTQ plus weddings in your city and just reaching out to them and making those connections saying, hey, this is what I'm interested in doing more of, you know, how, you know, can we connect? Can we get together for coffee? Uh, what are, you know, what are you working on next year? I'd love to team up on something and building your community that way. And also, you know, we need our allies to be talking to each other about, you know, speaking up for the LGBTQ plus community when we're not even around. So you may find that you have like-minded people in your own, in your current wedding pro group that you're not even aware of because the, the topic hasn't even come up. You also may uncover some truths about your friends that you might not like. I don't know, you know, but it, uh, but it's important to have those conversations as well. There's also, you know, equality of organizations in every single state. Um, 
and most big cities, um, like we have Georgia quality and then we have HRC, we have Alabama quality, you know, there's, there's something for every state. So there may be a little bit of travel time, depending on if you're in a smaller rural city or, or town. Um, but there's always some, I mean, the wedding industry is, is very large in regards to its span of what we cover in categories, um, you know, from everything from caterers, restaurants, to photographers, to, um, you know, stores that may sell suits, but not specifically a wedding store. So we're very broad, which means then the pool of that, um, you know, e that commerce situation is going to be covered within a, in an equality organization. So if you're reaching out and saying, oh, I just, gosh, I'm, I'm in this very small town in a very conservative state, but I know, obviously there are LGBTQ people here in my state that are then getting married. How am I getting to them? Um, we're in Atlanta, so we're obviously we're not the most progressive city in the country, but we also try to understand that we're in a wonderful little bubble of um, you know acceptance and equality, and outside of that, it doesn't exist everywhere. So how do we reach those vendors? How do we reach those allies? And how do we reach those couples? And so you just have to think a little broader and say, okay, I'm going to reach out to my you know equality organization in my state and understand what vendors that they are saying are pro LGBTQ. And then you can go from there or finding potential other partners, I think, is another good way if you're in a very um, small rural area where you may not have a lot of people talking about it online. And you've mentioned a few times about the Equally Wed Pro certification. What is it? So the Equally Wed Pro LGBTQ Plus Inclusive Certification course launched earlier this year in 2019. Uh, we have been thinking about it for years. I've been speaking around the world at press conference, wedding conferences, uh, and the wedding pros that I've met, photographers, florists, planners, they are many of them asking very similar questions, and it seemed like a good way to address these commonly asked questions, but then to go above and beyond and teach wedding pros whose hearts are in the right place. They really want to be LGBTQ plus inclusive, but are worried about saying the wrong thing, not sure how to get started, not sure how to market without tokenizing, things like that. Um, all of these different uh, pain points needed to be solved. So we launched the course and it addresses everything from really diving deep into who the LGBTQ plus community is, marriage equality around the world and why you need to know it, just even the highlights, um, you know, trends that we're seeing in LGBTQ plus weddings and engagements, commonly made mistakes when working with the LGBTQ plus community, and of course, how to um, reword your marketing so that you're more welcoming to the LGBTQ plus community. So we cover all of that. It's about three hours of videos that you watch at your own pace from your own place online. It's all on equallywebpro.com. And then when you finish the training, um, you can, you know, there's a very intense study guide. It's 25 pages long. Most of it's glossary for all the terms that can be really confusing outside of our community. And honestly, confusing to a lot of people within our LGBTQ plus community as well. So, um, and then there is an exam that you sit for. It's uh, 50 questions, I believe. And once you pass the exam, then you earn your certification in being LGBTQ plus inclusive. And we send you a certificate signed and you have a badge and you earn your SIP, your certified inclusive professional credential. So, uh, and then you're equally wed pro certified. And we've had, um, a, a ton of graduates already who are super excited. And one thing that means probably the most to us is that we've had um, 
quite a few LGBTQ plus wedding pros who've graduated from our course and really excited to know how to serve their own community better. We are so varied that in our community that, uh, you know, we've got our cisgender gays and lesbians. And by cisgender, I mean that you align with the gender that you were assigned at birth, at the opposite of transgender. And a lot of cisgender people within our community don't necessarily understand everything about our transgender um, brothers and sisters and siblings in our community. So this course really dives deep into all of that. Um, and the LGBTQ plus wedding pros who've taken the course have been enlightened as well. So that's, um, speaks volumes about, you know, the type of education we're offering. And why should photographers consider getting their equally wed certification? Um, it's a, it's a great, well, one, there's just great education and we all can't go wrong with more education on, on anything really. Um, especially I think things that we're outside of, um, it's so first and foremost there, if you get nothing from it, if you don't care about certification or having any credentials, um, or promoting it in any way, um, you get just your hands in on learning about the LGBTQ plus community. Um, secondly, then you have something you have a certification to be able to say like a badge of honor. Um, I, I did this. I took the time, um, to educate myself, to learn more, to take a deep dive into this community that I care about. Um, so you're able to, you know, promote that you're equally wed pro certified. You're able to um, have more knowledge of various terms and hashtags, way that you can market yourself. Um, and, and we don't go into every single nuance of every single um, vendor relation. Like we do go over some stuff with photography. Um, we talk about changing different words that you may be using in your contracts and your marketing. So there's really, you know, there's specific things that you can immediately start using um, for your business in a general form. Um, but there's just, uh, you know, there's just a lot, there's a lot that you're going to get, but there's also a lot that you're going to be able to take away and use for your couples that you'll service, mm -hmm. but also the marketing that you'll be able to, you know, use for your allies, um, your heterosexual couples, as well as then reaching the LGBTQ market. And as well as getting certified, do you have any advice for up and coming photographers? Right. Well, I think, you know, a if you're just starting out or you're just, um, you know, you're building out your marketing plan, it's a great way. This is a great time to uh, gender neutralize everything that you're doing. Uh, you know, we run into a lot of companies who've been around for 10 years and the word bridal has been, a, you know, a big term in their marketing or even in their company name or their logo has, is, has gendered people in it. That is a good way to start. And I think I, I want to just kind of piggyback on that note while it's in my brain is that a lot of times people are thinking, oh, if I start taking out these traditional classic words of bridal, uh, bridal party, you know, bridal shower, um, what other ones? I know we've got a great list of things that, you know, back and forth of what you could offer. I, I think what I'm trying to say is that a lot of times people are worried that if they start to um, make their marketing, their verbiage, their content, the way they present themselves gender neutral, that they are going to turn their backs on their large, you know, heterosexual market. And most of the time, they're not even going to notice that you changed it to wedding party rather than bridal party. I, I would say I'd guarantee that. But who will notice are your LGBTQ um, potential clients and clients that have noticed that you are not using anything that they are not identifying with. So for me, I didn't identify necessarily as a bride. 
Um, I didn't feel like a bride. I didn't feel like a groom. So I just kind of cloned myself, which we've you know heard before, but just called myself a broom. And it's kind of a silly word, but it worked. It kind of just, you know, encapsulated everything of where I sat. So whenever I saw anything bridal, I was like, eh, you know, that's just Kirsten's side of it. You know, I, I just don't identify with that. Um, so it's not, if, if somebody were to change it, um, change it to, you know, in that case, um, yeah, your well, wedding party. Couples or wedding party, we have a whole extensive list, you know, on Equally Web Pro of, of ways to um, go gender neutral in your terminology. I think even just the way that you talk about your clients to other people in the wedding community or when you are marketing yourself. And I hear so many wedding pros, including photographers, talk about my brides, my brides, my brides, as if the entire um, clientele of the wedding industry are just a bunch of brides wandering around. Like, <laughs> what, you know, I mean, you know, within the rise of feminism as well as the LGBTQ plus equality, you know, what about everybody else? So the grooms or people who don't identify with either of those terms. It's just easier and smarter to use the term couple on your website and everywhere else. And, and just, you know, I'm not kicking bride and groom to the curb. A lot of people, even in our own community, do strongly identify with the term bride or groom. But you need to let your client tell you how they identify and what terms they want to use rather than using that as your marketing language. And, you know, you can go to googletrend.com to uh, research this on your own. But if you search, um, you know, the term bridal versus the term wedding, wedding is so much bigger and, and narrowing in and on your city, et cetera, to find out what's going to work best for marketing in your area. Google Trends will help you do that too and see that you're not going to lose anything by reducing the amount of times that you say bride and groom or bridal and using wedding and marrier and couple or using something really cute that it plays on the name of your business. You know, if lovebirds or sweethearts or, or something that's that's very specific to you. I think, you know, also in terms of when you're first starting out, but also for established photographers looking for ways that you can work with the LGBTQ plus community and um, volunteering to be a photographer at a pride kickoff party, or if there is, um, you know, an LGBTQ plus publication in town or a blog, asking them what they need, reaching out about maybe being a vendor supporting LGBTQ plus organizations and companies and just, you know, being a better ally to the community are great ways to get your foot in the door with uh, organizations and companies, but also just build that community of, of like-minded people. This has been super informative. I know I've learned a lot already and I'm sure our listeners have too. So where can our listeners find you? We're all, everything is at Equally Wed and EquallyWedPro.com, EquallyWed.com, EquallyWedPro.com, and, and then our Instagram, Facebook, all of that is um, Equally Wed and Equally Wed Pro. Yeah, yeah, we're on everything, um, obviously, Twitter, um, Pinterest, Instagram, we're on TikTok. TikTok now, you know, <laughs> we're, we're connecting with everybody everywhere. And we're, we, I always like to say too, like, we're, we're running a lot, we're doing a lot here, but we're also here as resources. So we may not get back to you within two hours, but we're here if if um, professionals, if photographers have questions for us. Um, you know, we're on two bright lights. We're on submittable. 
Um, we look for, uh, you know, style shoots and, and weddings and engagements, um, yearly shots. I know we've just featured an article where people are doing, um, you know, a photo session a year after they've been married, um, or a month after they've been married and why the, the benefits of that and, you know, doing that. So we're, we're, we're here for our couples. Um, but we are here, you know, equally for, for wedding professionals too, with any questions or how to connect or, um, how we could feature your work, um, all of that good stuff. Yeah, absolutely. You can, you know, slide into our DMs or email <laughs> us. And we're we're always available, and, and we're here to help you grow. So whatever you have, um, whatever you need, let us know. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat. I think the photographers listening have a lot to take away from this. And anyone listening, definitely go check out Equally Wed and the Equally Wed certification for resources on making your business more accessible and inclusive for LGBTQ plus clients. Thank you so much for having us, Megan. Thanks so much for tuning into the Photo Op Podcast. If you liked this episode, I'd love for you to leave a review and let me know what you liked and what you want to hear more of. Also head on over to the Facebook community and participate in some conversation with fellow photographers. If you want to reach me directly, feel free to DM me at Megan Brookelman, which is linked in the show notes as well. Thanks again for listening, and I'll see you in a flash.